Yeah, I'm waiting for someone to come in and say, you know, actually, we're missing somebody, someone's missing, man. Anyway, welcome Sam Dame, I've got Sam Dame in the house. Welcome, Sam. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, man, it's a pleasure. You know, actually, he's got my twin brother, man, it's like looking in the mirror. Really? Hey, hey, wait, I told you he was handsome, like, you didn't like we <laughs> just like a second Wayne and that. But yeah. I, can you, I can ask you how old you are, Sam, if you don't mind. 27. Oh, so he's my younger brother. He's a like younger brother. version, man, a younger version. Upgrade. Hello, Brain. A less intelligent, less handsome version. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Evolution, my brother. I like this guy already, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got to be honest, though, when I first, when I first saw Sam in, and he had, he had on his jacket and his shirt, I had to yeah. do a double take. I was thinking, wait there, how could Wayne's doubling up as some internet entrepreneur, man? He never told me about it. Seriously, he's like, yeah, man. But um, obviously, I, I know Sam. Um, we, we spoke, God, about about two months ago now. I think we, we, we met up, maybe even less than that, six weeks. And um, I was lucky enough to get Sam on my, um, in my group, did an interview. Mate, everyone was wowed by you. Thank you very much, Sam. Thank you, man. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was yeah. such a pleasure being on that platform, man. Thank, thank you for that shout out. I need to get you on my platform soon. It's going to happen. When have you ready, man? Have you yeah. ready? I, know, I know you've inspired some people because they've gone off and they've, they've, they're throwing questions into the group. And honestly, man, the, the bubble of activity is nice. So thank you, sir. <laughs> anyway, before, before we start off with time, you know, I've always got something stupid to, to say. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, was watch, I was watching German TV the other day and I know for a fact you've got it in England too. There's a show called Naked Attraction, man. And all of these are sort of bottom half of you, the man or the or the partner, the potential partner. I was looking at this, like, what the hell? I was like, man, they're calling me any bull crap, man, on TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, all, all I say, right, is it's nastiness. The thing is, right, if my if my nan stayed up late enough to watch a show like that, she'd be cussing for the rest of the year. I would not put them nastiness on the TV. We can't yeah. use that. You man, she's not producing that while I'm watching my telly, man. Like, that's not what I watch the hey, TV. I'm, I'm, I'm not being funny now. Listen, and, and I'm sorry, ladies, if you're listening, but bits ain't, bits ain't nice. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, that's why you have the light off when you go to bed. Oh you get me? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome well, to the jungle. kind of saying, well, hold on a minute. Yeah, I, I like this man because he's, He's drooping, he's drooping the right way. Damn, man. This yeah. is crazy, man. Just me, I could just see some balls and that on TV. I was like, what? It's, it's a balance, though, isn't it, lads? It's a balance because I feel like the body has been sexualized so much. Yeah. In Western, yeah. In Western culture, it's kind of like going back to the, to the good old days Major. when he wasn't just seen as, you know, or well, I don't know, I don't really, disclaimer, I don't watch them. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I was going to say, yo. Be careful, brother. Be careful, man. You're walking down the back. The body is supposed to be beautiful. It's supposed to be cherished. This is not supposed to be always sexualized. And so maybe a little bit more of, you know, showing the beauty of of, of a body. He's definitely me, man. Stuff like that scares me. The thing is, you got to remember, I mean, I'm older than you guys. So I remember when TV was like, it was lightness and butterflies and, you know, no swear, swearing. If you heard sw- swearing on the TV, 
the next day, we national news in the newspaper. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll and come. then even like the way that they, the adverts they do now, it's, it's it, it, nothing, nothing. There's no kind of sacred ground. You know, the biggest, the biggest the government can do now is say, oh, we're going to ban adverts of fast food before nine o'clock. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> I think that's really good. Yeah, well, man, I'm not being funny. What difference is that going to make? Really and truly, because if you're hungry and you've got money in your pocket, you will go to shop. If you've got kids and they're going, ma'am, 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 McDonald's, McDonald's, eventually you're going to say yes. So how is it they're not seeing it? Because they should be in bed at nine anyway. So they should be seeing all fast food. Yeah. <laughs> so how's it, how's it going to save the world? It's crazy, man. Was it a ban bit like from, I think it was banned from TV full stop, wasn't it? Or was it just prime time? Man, but what they're trying to do, they're trying to um, halt the obesity. Yeah. Now, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. No, no, it's a great thing. But there's a simple solution, as far as I'm concerned. No. Stop letting five takeaway shops open next door to each other on the same road. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> same no, no, you know the mad thing is that I've thought about this before about the obesity. Me too. Thing. You know, I reckon we was kind of along the right track, but it was never really picked up properly. I think the main thing that should have really been done is to have like a massive transition towards like physical exercise and that. And yeah. Really. And I know we haven't really got the current infrastructure in our road system now. But I think we need to sort of work out how to sort of either widen these roads or create actual bike routes or bike lanes. Even if Imagine you have to Highlands in Germany. Yeah, because I think like it does. Why does it have to follow the exact highway? You know what I mean. There's plenty of usually path or spare land somewhere, kind of a, a lot of routes to just create individual bike routes and everything like that that uh, mm -hmm. you know get you everywhere you need to go but they might not necessarily be the way you would go on road i think it'd be a, it, not too too expensive and i think there's got to be a massive culture shift now to how people get to school what they do when they get there how yeah. they you know how they e -bikes, I think the e -bikes e -bikes as 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 the old fart in the room i'm gonna tell you something now you for years for years schools have been selling off their land for years, they've been busy cutting their physical education. For years, yeah. kids have been allowed to not do PE because they don't feel quite right. So if you think about it, how are you going to force people who for like 10, 15 years have been saying, they've been told, yeah, you can do whatever you like, you can sit on your backside, you ain't got to keep fit, to then say, right, no more kebab meat. I think that backs up kind of what I'm saying. Sorry to jump in there again, I'll tell you. But I think that kind of backs up what I'm saying. Because, you know, they say, you know, the Romans say, you know, you build it and they will come. And I really be believe that, you know, you create really nice sort of um, routes that are got, reminiscent, I'll tell you, of the bike stroke joggers routes that you saw in uh, Rio. You know, yeah, when yeah, it's just, yeah. Yep. And it's just, I mean, you've got your own lights there, man. Them things don't mess about. Like, they, they, just to create something. And I think generally more people would use it. Younger kids are interested in everything. If there's something new like that, they're going to want to do it, especially if there's a push towards, you know, if you get a bike, you know what I mean? We'll, the government or whatever will put something towards it or there's incentives to help you get or do your license like you used to back in the day. Something mm -hmm. to try and give the kids a push towards that. Because like you say, you're not going to get them to stop eating crap. But what the difference is when we were kids, and I'm old enough, I'm 37 as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, young boy, young boy, young boy, young boy, young boy, young boy. But when we were kids, yeah, we used to go out and play. Like, oh, actually, oh, go God. out and play. Sam, you're not that, you know, I'm not calling you an old guy by any chance, but I bet you when you was a kid, you went out and played, you know what I mean? Grab two pieces of stick and go and climb tree and whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Them kids now, this is kids playing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a kid yeah, playing. Yeah, 
yeah. It's not yeah. the same thing anymore. Yeah. I'm guilty of it myself, bro. I'm sure we're all up to a certain extent. You guys spend, it's probably the same as me in business and that, spend a lot of time online. That's just doing some of the business sort of stuff that you're doing. And then you're kind of on a social platform. So you go have to scroll. And, you know, before you know it, hours have gone. And you're checking probably more often than you're not, than you probably like. I'm just speaking from personal experience now. So this is what I live through as well. I don't yeah. exercise. I've got a car. I drive everywhere. You know, but it was nice the other day. I took some time out and I just thought, you know, no. And I go and stroll on the beach for a few, you know, a few hours and everything like that. The big benefit of lockdown for me was I actually exercised more. So every day I was, I was aiming for my steps goal. I was walking That's running from the wife, Nigel. That's not the same thing, bro. <laughs> so two, two, two and a half miles, 10,000 steps. But religiously, I mean, I think I put £20 in my car and it lasted me like three months. I mean, wow. I didn't even use my car at all. You know what I mean, three wow. months to the gallon, that's some serious mileage, that is. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously now the world's getting back to normal. The weather seems to have changed as well, which doesn't help because yeah. walking, in, walking in the rain ain't so attractive. <laughs> so, well, yeah, man. I, well, I, I, don't know. I, I think just banning the advert after a certain time, to me, that's just rubbish, man. That's just that's 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 stupidity. You know, because if you think about it, what they've said to the country is, right, if you go out and eat, we're going to give you half your money back. And then on the next week, they're saying, oh, by the way, we want you to get fit and stop, stop eating yeah. so much food. Now, if, oh. they were interested, if they were interested in supporting families, why not just say, I'll tell you what, what we'll do, we're going to cut fuel, cut petrol, because every single family that's got a house is going to benefit. And also, the, the, the supermarkets and that will benefit by being able to pass on that price, that price cut to your groceries as well. Everybody yeah. benefits then. He said, oh, yeah, go and go eat at Nando's, I get one six-pound chicken. What? <laughs> I think, um, think um, e-bikes... Is the way forward, and um, I believe the, the, the skyrocketing this year, the, um, the sale of e-bikes. I think it was three thousand percent or something stupid like that. It was ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I think with e-bikes, it brings it's, it's fun. You can f- ride further. So I think if you can get an e-bike into everybody's hands, basically, but you've got to bring the prices down because they're really extortionate at the moment. But once they bring the prices down, they won't afford them. I think the yeah. buses know that be a thing of the past. I reckon. Cause it's just okay. more fun. Like if you look at like Holland and everyone just swears by the bike. Everybody's riding yeah. everywhere. Partly because uh, Holland's quite flat. So you know, <laughs> yeah, flat that flat how, man. Is it flat That's what it means, isn't it? Netherlands, the flat yeah. ones. Yeah, or lowlands. Yeah, um, lowlands. So um yeah, I think that once that takes shape, I think in England too, then everyone will be fit again, man, then we all good. Anyway, let's get to our guests, man, because you know we're, we're talking here, man. What, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk to Sam. I ain't here to talk to Mr. Nigel Campbell, by the way, the one with the, the, the shoot, nice hairstyle. And uh, Simon uh, Johnson. <laughs> no, no offense taken. Is the guy with the hat. And I'm Al <laughs> Stalio. And Sam Day is the guy in the. Is it Ralph Lauren top? Is that Ralph Lauren? He's the better looking Wayne. <laughs> No way! Didn't he? He just said he was the. If he's younger, it's slightly less. Advanced. No, 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 no. If, if he's younger, it's better because the jeans have got stronger, man. Uh, uh, no, 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 less advanced. I was telling you. Let me just finish off with one point as well. The accent don't great so much, you know. It's more. Je ne sais quoi. Anyway, anyway, Sam. Anyway, Sam, so you do marketing, is that correct? This is your field. What is your field exactly? Explain to us what you do. Um, what I do. So in a nutshell, I am a con- well, I'm a content creator um, right. and I basically help entrepreneurs, business owners um, 
to navigate through the busy internet um, a little bit better. So if you've got a if you've got a business, if you've got a website, you've got a product, you've got a service, and you're like, man, how do I get up to speed with technology and how to get it out there? Um, then I'm the guy for you, basically. Good man. So what, what about like like do you deal with like YouTube and stuff too? Um, so I deal I I deal with everything. I like to to think of myself as like the general pack practitioner for marketing. I uh, <laughs> like it, man. So I, I lit- like people literally come to me and I diagnose them. Like PhD, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I kind of can tell them what direction they need to go into. So that could be YouTube, uh, creating video content. So optimizing video for YouTube, for subscribers, for conversions. Um, I specialize in generating leads and sales. So I'm not really about the kind of vanity metrics of like loads of subscribers and followers. And I'm more focused on helping businesses to grow with the numbers that matter. So um, actual leads and customers and pound signs or dollar signs (laughs) or euro signs, wherever, wherever you're from, getting that into your bank account or your PayPal account or your Stripe. That's what I'm more about. But um yeah, they, they I mean, are, I've got no ka-ching sign there, Al Stalio, man. You're a bit slow on the thing. You should like, ka-ching, when we say that, you know what I mean? Like, two, two, ka-ching, what's going on? So, Sam, um, obviously, we've spoken, but can you tell, can you tell the guys um, how you got into uh, online marketing? Yeah, so um, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 17. Uh, my first business was a music and arts academy. Um, okay. Are you a musician? Or? Like a fly here. No one, no one passed wind or anything. <laughs> so, are, you, are you a musician sam yeah i've got my keyboard here it's not plugged in otherwise i would have played a chord or two Damn. maybe you two are twins man because you're yeah, maybe. obviously and Sadio's also a, a self-taught pianist like, um, did a launch he did a launch for audi a couple of years ago so no 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 mercedes man oh mercedes oh sorry oh yeah i've got some respect on his name yeah some respect on my name man audi audi is like second class cars man so sorry so you um so you had a music academy yeah so i taught music i taught uh well i played a sax oh my first instrument he's a high level of me man (laughs) <laughs> no not even like piano is is like one of my favorite instruments um but yeah i played i was i was taught on sax um so i was my first business was literally just teaching people how to play the saxophone okay um and that was like i didn't want a, a traditional job even from from 17 i was like i don't i don't you know i don't want to be in, in the system had a few racist bosses as well kind of coming climbing up the ladder and i was yeah. like no, I, don't want, I don't want any i don't want any of this yeah. um and it was like that subtle racism as well yeah. where you you know it's racism, but you can't, can't say. Yeah, you can't do nothing about it. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's yes, yeah, it, it was it was difficult for me to deal with. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make something of myself, um, and I've basically been self-employed ever since. So how I got online was uh, it, my last year of university. I started on eBay, and it was like my most successful year ever. Um, I took my business from literally from a three hundred pound investment. And within a few months, I was doing about a grand a week in sales, um, in revenue. And then I'll, that's, uh, when I left uni, I was like, online is where it's at. And I haven't looked back since. <laughs> so did you, when you went to uni, was it to study what, what you're doing now? Or was it a completely unrelated subject? Yeah, so um, I grew up in the church. I strayed away a little bit. 
don't don't tell my my family. <laughs> but, um, I was like very because I've been in church my whole entire life. I kind of knew about theology and knew I knew about the Bible and, and Christian theology. So I wanted three years to kind of um, focus on the business, mm. but at the same time, like I get 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 money in, so I'd have a business grant. Um, but I wanted an, e- an easy degree, so to speak. So I chose theology because I knew it was going to be easy for me because I knew Christian theology in and out, really. Um, and I was able to use the grant that I, I was given to invest in the business and just focus on business and stuff like that. And also it kind of just give, gave me three years to just figure a lot of stuff out that I didn't already know, if that made sense. Okay. So, so what was yeah. your inspiration? What You know, you're 17. So you're like looking around like, you know what? I ain't going to be a car dealer manager i'm not gonna work in a bank i ain't gonna go to the grocery store or grocery store <laughs> supermarket what was your inspiration what made you think i'm gonna do marketing is that because like you know you can make a lot of money in marketing um so marketing kind of came a lot later marketing came after ebay um and what got me into it i think you kind of just i kind of just stumbled into it mm-hmm. um and i realized how interested i was in it because you can never learn everything in marketing. It's like, it's impossible. There's, there's, yeah, so, yeah. there's so many layers and like they're, it's developing all the time with the internet now as well. Like the things you can do and the things you can track and the way you can get your product <laughs> or your service or your message out there now is, is evolving tremendously. So I just thought this is, this is an, incredible, an incredible opportunity for me to kind of really specialize in this area and not a lot of companies are, have really caught on yet. And that's what really is interesting to me because I haven't even started yet in terms of my career because in about 10 years time, that's when a lot of the companies are going are to catch on. Yeah. And a lot of the companies that hire me now, buy my courses and stuff like that, they're kind of focused on marketing methods that were really, really important maybe five, 10 years ago. Okay. Um, and they're still important today, but they were more important then. So it's kind yeah. of like, I'm like five years ahead of the game. Yeah. And yes, it's going, to be, it's going to be a snowball effect kind of thing. Yeah. So I kind of see the potential in it. Yeah, man. Can I ask you both a question, actually? Yourself, Sam, and Nigel, actually, because I think it's, it's relevant to both here. Um, because obviously I, I, I work in the music industry as well. I'm trying to create media as well. Um, in your industry, in marketing in general, how saturated is the market? like place now of people doing what you do because I do from personal experience and I don't know if this is just people who have propositioned me in my role in my business or whatever but I do get approached by a lot of people who who say they can obviously rate you know bring in um sales and revenue and help with online and digital marketing and stuff and to be honest I think like like a lot of businesses out there I do actually have a genuine need for that you know because Mm -hmm. I'm not um I'm, I'm not an expert by any means. There's so much I could do in terms of using common sense, you know, like devising strategies or even speaking to people like Nigel or people I have around me and trying to, you know, get as much, soak up as much knowledge as I can. But for you guys in general, is it hard to get the messaging out? And especially when you're talking about a USP, like you're saying there, Sam, like where you see yourself, you feel like you're light years ahead almost and you, you're ready to go and, and, and share this knowledge with people. So is, is it difficult to get the message out in, in, in a crowded marketplace? Sorry, that's what I meant to say. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll let Nigel take this one first. <laughs> I thought you might say that. <laughs> well, okay, so, I mean, yes, there, are, there is a lot of other marketers out there. I, too, get 
every day because I've got three or four websites. So every day I'm getting someone saying, yeah, we'll do your SEO and yeah, we'll do your keywords. Um, is it difficult to get seen? I think what you, what you do online now, what, what's different between now and the old days of, of marketing is that, I mean, I call, you know, people call it attraction marketing, inbound marketing. It's about not trying to attract every single person because, I mean, one of my favorite sayings to my, my clients is, you only need 0.001% of the population of the world to be a customer and you're having a very, 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 very good life. That's even too much, man. And that's even too much, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Much. So as long as your message is very much aligned to who you're trying to target, and this is why people talk about niching down and that, generally, if you're consistent and your mm. message is hit, talking to the person you want to talk to and you're using emotion, because you know, people stop and stare when they see something. Definitely, definitely that's when you start to attract people into what you, I call your tribe or your greenhouse. And then from there, you either nurture them or you, or you sell to them if you, if you can. But, you know, at any one time, only 2%, 3% of people are ready to buy what you're selling. So if you had a room full of 100 people, only three of them, after your presentation, would say, yeah, here's my money. We're a lot of people. Yeah, sorry to cut you there. I was looking at your stuff up and just to be on your page every day, just having a look through just the stuff that you were, you know, doing and, and, and uh, some of the podcast little bits you was doing. And I, I was really engaged. I mean, I must have gone through six or seven videos and that. <laughs> just, just because I wanted to see what you were saying next. And yeah. that's what I wanted to do. That big well, smile, the, that big laugh, the, and, like the, engaging. And the whole point, and the, and the whole point, because the thing is with marketing, I mean, I've learned more probably in the last six months. Actually, no, that's a lie. I probably, yeah, I've probably learned more in the last six months than I did in the previous six, but I've, I've really kind of honed in, into my message. And one of the things I've done as well is because I've been running these workshops and I've been doing research and I've been getting feedback, all I'm doing is repeating the language that my customers and prospects have been saying to me. Yeah. So when I'm putting a post in, I'm asking a question, the engagement I'm getting now is tenfold what I was getting six months ago because it's more in tune with what people are thinking and feeling. So, well, yeah, marketing is marketing's hard. And there's a lot of competition, but if you know who you want to work with and you speak to them, they'll come to you anyway, man. And, and Sam, we'll, we'll, we'll go next, we'll tell you all about that. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to this, Sam? Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of, like, the people hitting you up, even I get people hitting me up to help me to market my stuff. And then I was like, yeah, you definitely haven't done your research. So it's kind of like, um, it's a... I wouldn't say it's a saturated market because there's a lot of people who will jump on bandwagons. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, social media marketing, uh, business development or being an online entrepreneur is, is, is kind of, um, it's, it's a cool thing to be right now. Yeah. So in five years time, there probably won't be a lot of, a lot of us guys when, you know, I was doing business when it wasn't necessarily that, that um, cool. attractive or that cool kind of thing. So um, I think, yeah, there, there are a lot of people at the moment who are like, yeah, um, I can help you to, to do this or to do that. But it really goes, it really go, boils down to what your goals are. Um, what is it that you're trying to achieve? Because if it's, and you have to be honest with yourself about this as well. Um, if it's short term, I just want to make as much money as possible, then your strategy and how you approach that is going to be completely different then I, actually I'm trying to build a brand and I want to be well known for what I do and I want to be approached by bigger companies, maybe have a TV deal or something like that. Or if it's just, I just want to just be full time at this kind of thing and, and build a following of people who respect me, respect my art, respect what I have to say. So it really boils down to what you actually really want um, and kind of 
your actions or how you market yourself will determine that, if that makes sense. Okay. What I want to ask is, um, um, well, just, okay. did you get that? You get that side? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I think this is like, say, anyone watching, they're going to be like, willing to know this one. Say again. So what I wanted to know is, um, what's the diff- the key differences between sales and marketing? Because a lot of people would be like, it's just a salesman. Like, you, um, Nigel said that it was basically like, the market's crowded. Whereas Sam was like, actually, it's not that crowded. So I'm like, is Nigel thinking, yeah, there's a lot of sales guys in marketing. And Sam's thinking, no, but marketers are different. So is there a different? Can anyone tell me this? I don't know. Yeah, and I, I think Nigel touches on it a lot with his brand. Um, you know, love, love sales. Love. Look, I hate selling. And I, I say things, but in a, in a, in a different way. It's, we're basically saying the same thing, but we just have a different way of saying it. Um, and for me, it's kind of like people love buying. Mm-hmm. You know, it, in general, like if, if, if you go to, to the, to the, I don't have a wife, but if I did, I'm sure if I took her shopping, she would absolutely love it. She would love to buy the jewelry and the shoes and the dresses and mm-hmm. all of these things. But we, the second we're walking down the high street and someone comes up to us and we think they're about to sell us something, whether it's donate to this charity or whatever, you know, as good as the charity might be, we hate being sold to. We will do our best to avoid that person, walk the other the street. Cause we don't like, we just don't like being sold to. We don't like the feeling of someone uh, feeling like that we're taken mm. or, or being like we're, we're take, we're being taken away from. We like people giving value and adding to us kind of mm. thing. Um, so we, if you can build a buzz around what you're doing, around your product, around your service, around your music. Um, my brother's a musician and I'm helping him to market his self at the moment as well. And it's like, can you, can you build that excitement? Can you build that buzz? So you're not pushing it down people's throats, but actually people want it. People are, are yeah, coming, yeah. coming more, come, coming back for more f- from it. And it's like what Nigel said about the difference between like inbound marketing and outbound. Mm-hmm. So inbound is kind of like when you're creating a kind of an infrastructure that attracts people to you yeah. rather than, you know, cold calling and trying to message people out and trying to push your music out there and art out there and stuff like that. But it's like, wait, can you actually create some sort of strategy that attracts people to you kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. And that's the question. Here's, here's a question. Wait, wait, so let me just quickly, I just want to count this. Hold you, hold you for. So basically you can build something that attracts people, but you don't have to go out there and go out there and search your customers. Well, if you go to someone like Thailand where they're very effective or Brazil are just like giving you and trying to sell stuff to you. So it's all, if you go to Brazil in um, North America, North America, North Africa, Morocco, or, you know, these places, Tunisia, they were like, they'd be, they were like, come on, buy, 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 buy. So maybe there's yeah. some element of, you know what I mean? I think, you'll yeah. find, I think you'll find the reason that those countries are like that though is that their need tends to be greater and they see and they well they see western society as oh you guys have got bag, bags full of money man so look look after us so, and, that, and that's why you get that but um the thing is you can spot someone who's just after money straight away anyway yeah. because you know i've got when i first have clients got my program and start looking through their social media and all i see is buy this buy buy now buy now buy now buy now buy now i'm saying is that all you're posting they're like well do you know what else to say and i'm like well what are your customers asking you well, what do you mean? What kind of questions are you getting? Oh, we'd ask about this and this and this. And I said, why aren't you talking about that then? Well, the thing is, what you got to remember is right. And, and again, this is down to kind of Facebook and, and almost the media as well. People see likes and go, yeah, man, boy, I'm doing well. And it's like, are you really? 
Mm-hmm. What, hap- what happens after they click like? What are they doing after that? Are they going to your website? Are they, are they subscribing to your list? Are they downloading your ebook? Mm-hmm. Are, they, are they going and going onto your, you know what I mean? All these factors are the things that business owners or small business owners, they don't see that. They see these likes and think, yeah, man, I've landed. I've had social media customers come on board with 3,000 likes. And then when we started running campaigns for them, the, the engagement is pitiful. I mean, I've turned around and says, What's going on here? Oh, yeah, well, I bought some, I got someone to buy some likes for me a couple of years ago. And, yeah. and I'm like, okay. And don't get me wrong, you know, a, a, a bigger number is a bigger number. But if it ain't a targeted group of people, mm. it's like you're pushing water uphill. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? But likes, likes are vanity, man. And as, as Sam will say, click throughs, actions, subscriptions, there's the sanity. There's the stuff that makes you go, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sai, did you want to go on? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, I was going to ask you, I do remember. So, like, one of the things that is often employed in marketing, um, especially at high levels, especially with advertisements and stuff like that, is gimmicks. And I was going to ask, one, I think I know the answer to, do gimmicks work? But secondly, are gimmicks harmful to a brand? So, you know, if you do just use a cheesy something just to get somebody, you know, through the door, can it actually harm your brand, do you think? Or do you think gimmicks actually are just a good thing? Or I don't know. Um, I, th- I actually think it can. Like, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of, of, of marketing and I've seen a lot of things work and a lot of things don't, that don't work. Again, it comes down to um, the aim of the brand. Um, I think if, if, you're, if, you're, if you know your customer, and if you know, okay, cool, my customer is going to uh, like basically respond to a gimmick type ad, ad, yeah. advert, then yeah, run that campaign. But also, you know that in marketing, you're not going to reach everyone. So you're going to maybe really attract the people who are really into that and extremely repel yeah. the people who are not into that, if that makes sense. And obviously, if you're trying to build a certain brand, then you might get, get a stigma attached to you. Um, and I feel like that's the difference between like, I'm not sure if you guys know, like um, Gary Vaynerchuk, yeah, yeah. Um, the difference between a Gary Vaynerchuk and like, a, um, I can't even remember the guy, the other guy's name now. Um, but there's another guy on YouTube. He's like, here in my garage guy. Oh, t- Lopez. Lopez. There we go. Oh, yeah. Ty Lopez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout, shout that was a gimmick. <laughs> yeah. So their, their, their approaches are, their, their message is more or less the same age. Right. But their approach is very different. So for me, I don't even like, I didn't even remember Talopez's name because I don't even I don't really you know I don't I, I don't appreciate his style of marketing to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Gary V. That's more kind of my kind of you know way of yeah. reciprocating uh, or, or receiving from people. So yeah. it really just depends. If if your personality is flamboyant and you're out there and you're you know then market like that because you're going to attract the people who like that. If you're more of yeah. like a calm, like, yeah, this is me, you're empathetic, you're, you know, that, then just market that, you know, be authentic to yourself and grow a brand out of that kind and, of thing. And, yeah. and, also, and also align with your own values because, you know, everyone has a why. And, you know, if you understand your own why and, you know, I mean, one of the things I've done, I've, I've wrote, my, wrote my whys down and they're in front of me. So I know why I'm doing what I do. And then every now and again, some of my whys will slip into some of my content. Because I'm telling yeah. people this is why I'm doing this, so they can those who align with that will say, "Well, yeah, I like what this is about." And you know, I'm quite flamboyant, but I am still guarded about what I put on social media. You know, I mean, obviously, we've been on here today. I've already, I've already dropped some patwa about five times. Would I do that in my group? Probably not, because they'd be like, "Oh, 
No, I just talk in French. It's no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's, it, you have to play that part in it. But um, yeah, it's your values, man. Your values will dictate who you attract as well as if you use that language in the marketing. Yeah, <laughs> I think what made me think of it is a couple of things. Obviously, silly things like the Go Compare advert and that the song literally, or the Crazy Frog that literally everybody either thought destroyed Axel F or, you know, it just got stuck in your head one way or the other. Um, so just little things like, you know, them sort of gimmicky ads that, that came around about, you know, and, and it gets stuck in your head, but obviously everyone remembers them. So is even that fact there's, that annoyed. There's only one problem at, at our level of doing something like that. You still got to have the, the exposure yeah. of that content. So yeah. if you're if you've got like um, a, a Facebook group of 100 people, you go and spend I don't know 300 400 pound put together this real crazy gimmicky ad. It's well you, if you just target to that group, it's a waste of money. Mm. So it's it's not just about creating the content, the gimmicky content. It's about okay, what channels does it go on? You know, can we, can we, can we maximize it? Can we? Yeah. You know, so you know the two people you've talked talked about. They have advertising budgets, mate. You know, don't, yeah. don't think they caught fire. Oh, yeah. For small, yeah. For small well, what about people sexualizing a crisp, for instance, you know, on an advert? They'll be sexualizing like a crisp or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. like, we'll make, make you buy a lawnmower or something. It's like, what? Like, yeah. what, what? You know, it's just... You it's see just, that? It's just, you know, you drive a truck, man. You see that on the, on the advertised the side of the truck. They put, like, a woman on there where they're selling windows. And you're like, uh, I'm supposed to... I'm going to get the woman with the window. Or... Actually, actually, um, Sam, I wanted to ask you this, actually. Have you noticed recently on Facebook, a lot of the Facebook ads for the marketing, they're using some, like, some pretty decent-looking eye candy to kind of try and market. <laughs> I can't, I can't say I've seen this myself. Now, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No, it's okay. I've, I've seen a but few no, ads it's, it's, Yeah, it's, it's definitely the, the psychology behind marketing. You might use a, a, a female to market certain things. Obviously, I can't do that because if, if that is my... Uh, like my advert and then people click and they see my ugly face, then my yeah. conversion rate, my bounce rate is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember, I remember once having a Facebook account um, and, I, and I had a picture of a woman up there because I was obviously doing music and I was trying to get people to my, not Facebook, it was MySpace actually. Like back in the, now this oh age of me. Back in the, you know. MySpace. Don't be telling us your secrets now. I'll tell you what, I put a woman yeah, on there. Bring up the drawbridge before you went in and logged in. I feel like that in, in the short amount of time, I got like 6,000 requests and you know what, even when I told people this is not anything to do with me, I just put this woman on there because I think she's good looking. I got men writing me from all over the world telling me I'm just fun. And I was like, that's how they do it, man. That's how they do it. Uh, man, yeah. Some man's a thirsty, mate. Yeah. Well, I did want to allude to quickly is Ty Lopez, you know, you say you should, uh, and I just said it all, and Sam was saying you could target your people. Ty Lopez used a completely different strategy where he just bought all ad space on, um, on YouTube yeah. and marketed his video to everybody. So he was going to get his people back in there. That's how he got successful. I think he must took out a lot of money. No, 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 no. He's, he's all, he's, trust me, man. He's already got that money sat in the bank. You think so? Whatever he's spent, he's already got that money. There's a number of things. I mean, the first thing is, is, is what we call in marketing ad fatigue. Mm -hmm. So what, what happened with Ty Lopez is ad. He, he kind of got lucky somewhat to speak because when you spend too much money on the same ad and it's being played again and again and again, mm -hmm. it fatigues and your, your audience have seen that ad so many times. And yeah the kind of effectiveness on of that ad kind of starts to diminish. So yeah. That's why people like, they, you know, when it comes to online ads, people like constantly creating new ads 
so mm. that they add the fatigue and people don't see the same thing. And and the, the second thing is it's kind of a, a a bad thing to look at like the bigger brands and how they're marketing because like Nigel said they've got big budgets, but also not all of these big companies that we see and look up to are actually making profit. You know, yeah. and, and that's that's another thing we need to we need to think about is some of these companies are actually millions of pounds in debt every every year um, and sometimes it's their strategy other times they, they just get funding and then they get funding and they get more funding yeah. but they're not actually turning a profit so when they're doing all of these extravagant ads and stuff like that and we're looking up to them and we're like oh i want to grow a company like uber or i want to grow a company like this or like that if you actually look at the finances of these companies sometimes then they're not they're not sustainable you know if like for example coronavirus has just happened now a lot of investors are going to be taking their money out of these companies yeah. and they sustain without the financial backing for a lot of them it's going to be no so mm-hmm. yeah. it's more about can you create a profitable business can you create a profitable campaign i've never borrowed a single penny in my in my entire life or well, the lifespan of my business i've had to learn um how to make it profitable kind of thing so um, and, it's true, and, and, and it's true you know because if you look at the um the death of the high street and you look at the, the some of the businesses that are shutting down now the reason they're shutting down is because a lot of them expanded too fast took too much debt on and now they're trying to pay back the debt but the cash ain't coming in as soon as that happens it's it's curtains because the the, the people you order money to they want their money mm. so it's yeah. like right we're going to bankrupt you. We're going to sell off that building, sell off that building, get rid of all them staff. The amount of companies in, in the last 20 years who have got rid of staff and then the following year uh, posted record profits. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a game. It's all a game. It's a game. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the last thing I'd say in terms of an analogy is when you see that guy driving down the motorway with the latest BMW, a 5 Series, whatever, that guy doesn't always own that car. yeah. Every month, that guy's got to work 30 hours to pay off what he's got to pay for his monthly payments just mm. to pay for that nice car. So, And that's what the world, the world is built on a lot of smoke and mirrors. Yeah, so, of, so that's the whole idea of um, make, faking it before you make it. Do you think that has any weight in marketing at all? Um, the, the, it depends. Um, if, if I was to start a startup today, uh, let's say I, I, I developed a new app mm. and I got £100 million pounds, um, you know, as, 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 as an investment funding or investment pool or something like that then um i might just i might spend through that whole 100 million and not and not not make anything or not make a lot um, but then the next round of funding <laughs> coming in and you know so you can kind of fake it till you make it and grow a huge company i mean even amazon amazon's strategy was slightly different um but what they did is they they didn't turn a profit for years i, I don't even know if they're in profit now you know yeah, they didn't turn a profit for years, it's but it wasn't, wasn't necessarily their strategy to, to turn a profit. Um, their, their strategy was, to, was to, to sell kind of sometimes undercut their competition, even if they were losing as well, Dumb so that they name. can basically put a lot of their competition out of business so that Dumb they would be the primary business. You know, so, and, yeah, and, and they bought up a lot of businesses as well. Exactly. Them yeah, yeah, yeah. So out, they're they're out, trying to out, literally yeah. monopolize the game. So it's yeah. like... We need to kind of stop idolizing certain companies because it's not realistic to us as as self-employed people, as business people. Yeah. What we actually should be looking more looking up to is the person. Okay, they might not have done twenty million in their business this year, 
but they've done 10K in their, in their business this month and yeah. they're running profitable ads. They have a profitable business, a YouTube channel or whatnot. In my opinion, that's a lot more sustainable. They, they've never taken any investment or, or, or stuff. So I think we need to kind of start looking at the marketing models that are actually turning um, a profit each month kind of thing. Okay, okay. So um, I'm 18. I come to you and I'm like, yo, man, I've just made this new, this new, uh, I don't know, uh, machine. Uh, I need something to market it, man. I need something to market it. What are you, what are you saying? Man? How, how can you help me market Mate, I'm going I'm I'm to stop you right there. There's a whole heap of questions that would need to be answered. Before you <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That and that's what I'm saying. It's the like, thing, that's, like, that's like me saying, oh, look at this brand new pen. Market it for me. Well, okay. <laughs> who's, the pe- uh, who's the pen for? What's the price point? How much does it cost you to make it? What's your profit on there? Yeah. You know I mean, what, what country are you looking to um, hit, to hit with it? Have you patented it? Mm-hmm. And there's a word of questions that need to be asked before you get to that stage. But say I got to that. No, say I've already done that now. So I'm actually literally at the marketing stage. I would have to talk to Sam or you. And then you would ask me these questions again after I've done all of it. <laughs> Is that what you saying? You have to go do your homework first. <laughs> so what, what, what I'm saying is, if I was if I was 18 and I got this whole idea to market this new pen or machine, is it an easy road or a hard road? Because I think a lot of people come in thinking, oh, it's going to be easy, I'm just going to go in there, I'm going to put the song there or the new pen, and everyone's going to come sell it, buy it. Easy. Can we make it a bit easier? Because I think I get what you're saying, but I think the whole fact that like Nigel's right, there'd be a bag of questions that had come out of that. Why don't you just say something that already exists, right? You wanna you wanna market the fact that you got a new record label out there, studio stroke record label. That's something that's already an existing market for that you ain't gonna ask a bag of questions for because we've got a model already a, a, a construct. How would you go about helping him sell that there? I think that's what he's trying to say. Well, I think Nigel Nigel like really kind of already um smack the, the nail on the head in terms of there's always going to be questions. A good, a good marketing consultant or agency or anything, they're going to have a list of a million questions for you before they can really understand. Because we, remember, we're marketing guys, but at the same time, you are still the, the professional of your product. Yeah. So um, we're trying to pull out of you what the best way is to market the thing that you've got there because you, you've identified the pain point. You know who your target customer is you know how to reach them. We might have the technical aspect and help you to bridge the gap, but you're the expert of how to market that, that thing, to be honest. So we, we need to kind of quiz you and ask you, who is your customer? Where do they spend their time online? Okay. What things are they interested in? What kind of content will attract them? If, if, you're, if you're planning on putting um, adverts on Instagram, for example, our attention span isn't, isn't that high. So if we're scrolling through Instagram and your type of customer sees your ad, what is it that's going to grip them and be like, wait a minute, let me actually look and watch this. So you need to stop them in their tracks so that they can watch what you've got to say or look at what you've got to say. And then you've got to say something in that ad to make them click. So you've got that to stop them good. and you've got to make them click. <laughs> and now, they've, now they're on your landing page. What landing page experience are you giving them? Is it mobile optimized? Are they zooming in? Because if they're doing all of that stuff and they've clicked from Instagram, they've already they've already bounced off. They've gone, mate. Fiction. They've gone back to they've gone back to that profile that you made of the women, you know. <laughs> Oh no, this guy's got a beard, man. This woman ain't got no beard. (laughs) So you you have to like, um, you have to really think about the whole process and reverse engineer where is your target customer, the process they're going to go through to find your product. Um, And I've kind of boiled it down um, 
in, into like a very simple, Nigel's read it as well. And it's, it's so simple and it's so easy. And I get criticized for it all the time. But the reason why I've broken it down so simply is because it, you can't really go anywhere if you don't understand the formula to generating sales online. And that simply is you need traffic, which is people coming to your website or your offer. You yeah. need to convert that traffic into either leads or sales. And that's how you generate consistent sales online. Traffic plus conversions equals sales. It's, it's a simple PDF that I've written. Um, and that basically breaks down what traffic is, how to get the right kind of visitors to your website, how to convert them so that they become customers. And if you can do that consistently at a profit, then you've got a, you've got a business on your hand. You want you, you yeah. to be a winner. Because, you know, Sam's right. I mean, nothing's changed. It's, it's what marketers have been doing online for years. I think yeah. what I find in my experience is that, and, and I had, you know, I had an example today. People always try and complicate things. Yeah. People mm -hmm. think, why? It's either complicate or they want it to be perfect before they launch it. Yeah. And, you know, no action is always going to be worse. The worst thing, it's going to always going to be worse than taking action. Um, yeah. People complicate things. They want to put X amount of funnels in place and have all this and that and flashing lights. And I'm saying, hold on a minute. Why don't you just focus on getting a customer first or getting yeah. a, a, a subscriber first? I mean, you yeah. can tweak and tweak until you get to a point that you're happy where it's converting nicely. And then, and then you, you throw your, your money out with Facebook ads, all those other things. But mm. people always try and complicate things. And it's not their fault. I think it's because they see the success online and they think, why? This thing looks easy, man. Um, and and it, it is never, easy it, if, it you're following, is. if you're following the method, a methodology, like what Sam, what Sam's produced, then... It's straightforward because all you're doing is you're putting the elements in place. Yeah. But as I say, man, people go off on a tangent, man, and whoa, I've had to reel some people in in my time. It's reel them right in. And they've still ignored me. And then they've come back to me and went to go, oh, um, you know that thing? I, I, I wanted He's like, okay, then let's sit down and talk. I'll send you my invoice later. <laughs> Do you know what I see the biggest problem, to be honest? And you, you guys will definitely recognize this. I'm pretty sure of it in, in what you're doing. I definitely have. And I'm sure me and Al Stalio have spoke about it in the past anyway. It's the fact that when you can literally lead a, you know, a man to, to you know, lead a thing to a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I think this is such a common thing where you actually give them the gems that you, they're looking for. You give mm -hmm. them that practical advice. Then they go away. Come back to you, having done nothing, told you to have done it, and then you say, <laughs> and then ask them volume two. You give them volume two, they go away, don't do it, come back, say it don't work. I mean, be honest, you've seen that, haven't you? Please tell me you've seen that because I've seen that so much in, in, in my industry where a lot of, say, like with the artists that I've worked with, you give them this very, very simple formula. Like, you know, we're talking about, you know, people releasing music and that, you know, having a staggered approach. To, to releasing something and that, making sure that you dot the I's and cross the T's when you do release something, it's got good, it's good audio quality, it's good video, uh, you know, it's been recorded properly, you know, if there's any video overlay dubbing and that, it's all in, you know, in sync, everything is just polished. But some people, I mean, this guy sent me a track, I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but he sent me this track, and for the first minute and a half, I was really believing that this was one of the best artists undiscovered that I'd, I'd, I'd I hadn't quite heard of before. By the time I got to the end of the track, it was one of the worst because what happened somewhere in the process is he turned off this little bit of vocal record he was using that was actually making his voice sound ever so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> the real side of him, 
But then it went into, honestly, like a different kind of raw, rougher recording. And then he just didn't finish the song properly. And it just tailed off so terribly because I reckon he had one really inspirational session. And then after that, it fell apart, you know, and he didn't try and fix it. He just said, that'll do. That I hate that approach to something. That'll do. Just leave that alone. That'll do. That's fine. Let's the thing is, he got then. something. No, the thing is, though, it's not what Nigel said. He got something out. You know, he took action. Yeah. Even if and he got to you, he got to you, didn't he? He could have no, just sat down and been like, nah, I can't get it right. He sent it to me direct, though, as to, for a review, though. That's a bit different. Okay. Yeah, but, but, I mean, and but this is what you got to always remember, though, with life and everything. You're going to have, you know, you have a thousand people. A third of them are going to love you. A third are going to hate you. And a third are going to be indifferent. Yeah. So if that guy you sent you that, you know, obviously you've put your opinion on it. He might send that to another hundred people. Out of those hundred, twenty might say, "Yeah, man, this guy's wicked, man. Boy, what yeah. else are you bringing out next?" He said, "They didn't How many people has he sent it to? Yeah, he, he sent it to about ten people, and that, and about five of them came back and said exactly the same thing. The other people, I don't think, actually give him a reply. But people, he sent it to people, you know, who are really honest and people who are. He knows a lot of the bigger artists around Birmingham, let's put it that way, and he sends it to a lot of those, and a lot of them give him the same critique. I wouldn't let like, anyone, you know what, I wouldn't let any, especially my peers in music, I would never, never let none of them listen to my music, no, especially but all the haters. If you don't understand, if, listen, if you went and put something out on ultra-high definition 4K, I don't know what the best thing is these days yet. 5K, and then, 8K. And then recorded back with an old-style camcorder or something, but just tried to film the same stuff which is recording now, with this difference in sound quality, audio, you know, everything, then obviously there's going to be a massive difference in that quality. That's what happened. With I think that. it was on the budget, though. I, yeah, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, like, he just said, like, he kind of, he spent a lot of time at first. He went to sleep. He went to sleep. I mean, like, he had that part of the track, one part of the track for a long time, or whatever, like, the recording, and he didn't finish it after where he should have. But I just told him, like, I, I gave him a few pointers, and I think he went back and done it again. I'm not sure. But, so, yeah, he, so we knocked his confidence. Yeah. So Sam, where were your, um, where were most, you know, where were your customers based? Where were your followers based? Um, that's a tricky one. I mean, I've got followers literally all over the world, mm. uh, predominantly in the US. <clears throat> when I check my analytics, they are coming from everywhere: um, US, Canada, Israel, UK, uh, Italy, everywhere. You know, um, and. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm starting to do more UK-based stuff. So that's how I, I met Nigel. Um, I was in yeah. was in the same Facebook group. Um, so I'm trying. I'm starting to do more like localized local marketing and, and UK-based stuff. But marketing is 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 huge in America. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, they it's they are kind of like very, uh, ahead of us in a lot of things as well. So it's kind of understandable that my biggest audience is there. Do you ever take yourself over there or anything to attend seminars or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, America, I think America is just where it's at. It's where it's at. And I'm trying to kind of build a, a network here as well. Um, so that's why, I like, you know, even, even meeting Nigel and, you know, some of, some of the guys here is it's nice. And I want us to do our thing here. But, yeah, America is kind of where it's at. So I went to Vegas um, quite early on in my kind of marketing career, sat down with a lot of the marketers that I really look up to and aspire, aspire to be like. But at the same, yeah, at the same time, you do get marketers who are brilliant, but they're sketchy, if that makes sense. And, <laughs> yeah. and I love that. I love that when I hear that. Not because I want to be sketchy, but <laughs> there's one marketer in particular 
who I know and I, I kind of um, like, I, I, I adopt a lot of his marketing principles, but I use it. It's kind of like using it for good almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so a lot of these guys are based in, are based in America, but I, you know, I, I look at what they're doing and I'm like, cool, how can I do that but ethically kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you um, also like um, go on coaching courses and stuff? Do you have a coach? Because people will always mm-hmm. say that's very important to have a um, business coach. Nah, I've never, I've never had a business coach or, or mentor. Um, not to say that it's something that you shouldn't have. If if it, if it was something that I um, had, like I think earlier on, then yeah, maybe I'd be, I'd be ahead of the game right now. But um, I think anyway, there's there's so much knowledge that we all have. Not just me, but there's so much knowledge that we all have that we haven't put into place yet. So for me, it's kind of like. Um, why am I going to do this? And I'm not against business coach. If you know nothing, then yeah, you know, get a, get a, get a business coach or read a book um, or do a course or something like that. But there's, there's so many things that we already know. We, we know that Instagram is big and we know we can run ads on, on Instagram, for example. Yeah. So if you've got a product or you've got a service, or you've got a, a, an idea, then do it to the point of failure. And when you get to the point of failure, then you can be like, okay, cool. I need a course that's when you look for a course or that's when you look for a coach or a seminar or something. um, You should be pushing yourself to the point of failure Mm. in terms of everything you know. And if you're not at that point yet, then you could be like, okay, cool. I'm going to invest time. What I see a lot of people doing is they, they, um, they're running a busyness rather than running a business. um, And they're trying to kind of um, make themselves look busy Mm. rather than actually doing things in that's going to push them forward in life and in business. So one of those things is, is learning too much. And yeah. I, I say this as a consultant and as an educator, um, people will be like, oh, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to read Think and Grow Rich. I'm going to read, um, you know, Warren Buffett's book. I'm going to go to that conference. And but what have you actually done in your business? Have you started the website? Have you dr- dr- drove Boom. traffic? Have you, you know, done the practical <laughs> stuff? So a lot of people are stuck in that learning mode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, implement, implement yeah. the stuff. Like yeah. don't, don't read another book implement some stuff kind of thing so yeah. i love them i love their words sam i love their words man like nuggets, like nuggets. Like, nuggets. Honestly, <laughs> this, is the, this is the thing though the biggest problem the biggest problem i see with and i say small business owners if you've got a large business you've got a marketing team so you ain't worried about marketing mm. but it's they're always in the consumption phase and never the creation phase yeah and you know, you're right, the read all the latest. You know, why have you got to read a book before you start looking at your business? Oh, well, if I just read this book now, I'm going to be in the right frame of mind. But what about if you're in a frame of mind for a day? What are you going to do if you feel depressed for the day after? Oh, yeah. well, and then it's almost, it's procrastination. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's fear. Um, and like I say, the biggest change I've seen with my clients are the ones who've taken action. The ones who've said, right, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to follow you blindly and whatever you say, I'm going to do it. And there's not a nicer feeling in the world than when I get a message saying, just got another client who's paid for six weeks' sessions. Oh, £600. I'm like, yeah. You see? You see? You see? You see? <laughs> Honestly, guys, you know, Sam, you know, me and the guys have spoke about marketing even last week. And, and actually, I, I laughed at them last week. And I said, yeah, man, we're going to speak to you this, Sam. He's going to tell us all these things. And I said, I said guys, guys, you, all, you already know all of this. You've mm. heard it in so many guises. Yeah. There's nothing that Sam's going to say to you that you haven't heard. The difference is it's taking a- consistency and taking action. And that's it. Yeah. Those two things will win. They'll win. 
you know, and some, some, I think sometimes different neurons do go off in your brain fire off when things are explained to you different. And I always say that's why it's always good to speak to so many different people when you're trying to push something or when you're trying to achieve something. That it's best to, you know, like, again, like I was trying to say about, about people being lazy, it's almost like they skim the surface. It's like a tick list. I'll speak to a consultant, tick. You know, I didn't consume or listen to anything the guy said to me and I've done it. You know, next, next, what should I do? I'll start a website. You know, I don't know what it's looked like. I don't know what it's meant to do. I don't know what I want from it, but can you build me a website? Is that planning though? planning. Yeah, but to an extent, and I think I'll stand to agree, even when I started my business, some of that occurred, you know, and definitely I, I always said the first thing I ever did in business is rip myself up. Off. You know, I went to, as a promoter at the Windsor Theatre and told the guy when we were striking up a deal, how we was going to split the profits or, you know, from the night that, yeah, man, you go and take everything from the bar and I'll take everything from the door. Believing that in my head, I'm going to have a rammed out place. I'm making loads of money. Everything's there. <laughs> then we filled at 50% and he made a killing on the bar. He made over a grand and I was 200 pound in debt. So like, <laughs> it, like that is what, that's what not pausing for thought sometimes could have done where just even yeah. trying to work out what, that interaction would have sounded like when I'm trying, I knew I was going to negotiate with the guy. I knew I was going to discuss the terms of what I wanted. And I was too busy thinking about aesthetics and days and stuff like this, that I was focusing in on the wrong thing. And I think sometimes you can just be a bit naive in business, but I think the other side is literally, it's, it's almost straight away malpractice because the problem with when you get into business is that you don't already have a business mindset. I didn't have the head of a, of a director when I came into this. I hadn't sat down in countless meetings with different people. I hadn't had to really try and focus in on my vision and try and interpret that to other people. But what I did have is some ideas and I thought I knew it all. And I just made mistake after mistake after mistake. And I think what you really need to do is just slow it down. Like I say, seek advice. <laughs> I just says to me... <laughs> Seek the advice and everything like that and just like if you have a seat go like, and take a seat you know second opinion from people and yeah. just and to see what people have to say but I'll, thank I'll, you i want to say sam why i've got you here just to say thank you for for everything that you're saying and nigel actually because you really just brought a lot of um inspiration to the table man i hope that everyone gets to um take some on from everything that you've said so far yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I would even add something there. I think um, we 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 think that mistakes are bad in business, but I, I would argue that actually ninety nine point nine percent of the of the ideas that you have are going to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get I get ideas every single day, and most of them are crap. Most of them don't work. <laughs> most of them need a lot of refining. And I said that even as a marketing guy. So um, my key to success is always speed of implementation you know um is if if you get an idea and you're like okay cool i've got this song this is going to be a hit if because i add this bass here or i put that there and when i put it on instagram and run some ads to it it's going to do a million views you need to get that song out as soon as possible so that you can prove to yourself that it's going to work and then when, when you do it and it doesn't work, it's not an opportunity for you to be like, oh man, forget it, man. I'm not going to be a musician anymore. or I'm not going to be a business anymore. You're going to say, okay, cool. I've, I've, I've implemented that quickly. Now let me think of, now let me execute the other idea that I had. And maybe this one will work a little bit better. And you can use the knowledge from the failed idea to help to educate. So now you've done Instagram ads before. So you can do that ad a little bit quicker. So the next time you do the song or the business or the landing page or whatever it is 
it's, it's going to become it's going to come with a little bit more experience than than, than before yeah. so what a lot of people do is they have one idea and they're like i'm going to do this idea but they've been sitting on that idea for five years not realizing <laughs> that actually not only is the idea crap but maybe it would have worked five years ago when you first had it but now yeah. Things have advanced so much since you had that idea that you implement it and it's going to completely fail. And people leave their whole entire jobs to go and pursue one idea. And it's like, no, like ideas, ideas don't, don't, they don't really work all the time. Like you just have the speed of implementation, have an idea, get up and do it. Even if it's, you do it in the micro, you know, do something small to help to, to, to just justify that idea. Like when I started on eBay, um, it was just an idea. I was like, I'm going to sell a product. Uh, my first product was on eBay within a week. And that's why within a month I was doing, like, you know, one grand in sales a week because I had the idea and I executed. If it didn't work, then I would have went with the other one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's about speed of implementation. Have an idea, put it out there as soon as possible um, and keep, keep going, keep, keep running with it, refining it. Yes, yeah, speak to mentors, um, but don't have that as an excuse of I'm not going to try this idea because yeah yeah you might say something to me and i might be like that's not going to work but when you do it it, it actually works yeah. you know you will never know unless you unless you try it yeah absolutely yeah sam have you um, have you come across many um black black british um online entrepreneurs like, like um a lot would be an overstatement mm. i have come a, a, across a few in, in mm. terms of a few in terms of the ones that i actually rate um and actually would like you know, take, take my hat off to and put on my platform. Yeah. Not a lot, to be honest. Um, there's one guy called, um, the big marketer. Oh, and I put him on my platform. I think it was last year. So he specializes in like SEO and Google paper click ads and stuff. So I done an interview with him on how, how to run Google ads and stuff like that. He's, he's really hot on his game. Um, but there's not, there's not a lot of us. There's not a lot. And to, to be honest, the best marketers um, are normally the ones in silence as well. Yeah, um, the ones you don't have. <laughs> yeah, the ones who don't have a YouTube channel or a blog or, you know, they're just marketing. You know, yeah. you, you don't necessarily hear about them. So yeah. um, now, that, that goes into my the question I had. Um, do you need to be an influencer to, or, um, to have credit or weight as a marketer? So, for example, you see me on Facebook or, or Instagram, I've got like 10 million views. Like, yo, yo, I can market, man, because this is how many people I have, but really, you know, might not be that good. Does he put credit behind it? I don't know. Um, it, de- it depends. I mean, like num- numbers can be, numbers can, can be in insanity, you yeah. know. Um, and it, it, again, it depends on what you're trying to achieve. Um, so for me personally, I'm not necessarily trying to make the most amount of money in the short term. Yeah. Um, like I was at the beginning of my, well, my, my career as a, as a marketing guy, I was trying to make money because I, w- I wasn't making it. When I left my e-commerce business, I wasn't making any money as a consultant. So at the beginning, I was trying to just make, make money or have some passive income. Um, now, regardless of whether I work or not, I make money every single month. I've built up a passive income or multiple passive income streams. So if I take on zero clients this month, um, I make money. You know, if, if I sleep for the whole month or if I go to Jamaica and I don't turn on my laptop, I make money. So, <laughs> not even to brag, but for me, it's like um, the, the making the short term sale 
is not necessarily that important for me. What I'm, the reason why I've built my business in that way where I have a lot of passive income is because now I'm trying to just build brand. Um, I'm trying to put content out there and I'm trying to get known as, um, you know, as a brand so that I can actually then go to the next stage of business. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be known as, as one of the best marketers who ever, who's ever lived. Yeah, you know, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm far away from that now, but um, it's, I'm not going to necessarily get there by, you know, doing a webinar and then charging everybody five grand for a course afterwards. It's like, yeah, I would have made a lot of money, but... Wouldn't make the best, though, would it? It's like boxing, isn't it? You know, you do. Yeah, man, that's... Yeah, yeah. man, I'm feeling, feeling good about everything that you're saying there. Because I so, so, like, so, so, so yeah. tell, 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 tell the uh, listeners uh, about some of the brands that you are working with. I know you got approached by some quite some quite hefty names in the uh, hmm? in the public space. Can you, can you, can you do a bit of name-dropping? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've worked with I've worked with a lot of brands in like many different capacities. Um, I'm very um, impressed with some of the smaller brands actually that reach out to me. So I'm working with a, a brand at the moment, um, and they are uh, kind of they help companies with their with their Google ads. So literally, it's an e- it's an e-commerce brand, and you you can have a, a Shopify store or something like that. You send people, you basically send them your site. And they automatically create high-performing Google ads for you, so you don't have to worry about quality score and Damn. all of that kind of stuff. So like, I, I love working with those kinds of brands that nobody really knows yet. So I've worked with quite a lot of those kinds of brands. Um, early on, I was working with a company called Terrapeak. They they got bought out by eBay recently as well. So I I was shocked because I'd done quite a lot of uh, affiliate commissions with them. And then all of a sudden, I got an email saying your commissions have stopped. What? Realised that they, they got bought out. So um, yeah, so that was quite cool. Um, done some work with Wix, the website building platform. Um, I know I know their team quite well, um, and I've done some work with who else? Fiverr. Um, I'm working to put some courses on their new platform, Fiverr Learn, uh, and LinkedIn was the biggest one. Well, the biggest name. Um, that I've worked with, they discovered me, I think it's about two years ago now, about two and a half, two-ish years ago, they reached out to me. I mean, at first I thought it was a hoax. <laughs> I was like, no, this can't be LinkedIn. And it, it was legit. Um, so they, they bought out a company called lynda.com for 1.5 billion. I think it was in 2015, uh, which was an education platform. So they wanted me to record some marketing courses. Um, and yeah, that was that was, a, a, I would say, a, a nice turning point in my career because for the first time I got to see, because most of these brands I was working with remotely. Yeah. So it would just be via Zoom calls and stuff like that. But with LinkedIn, they actually flew me to LA. Boom. Um, and then I was able to kind of like record with them. So uh, some of my courses with LinkedIn, like they produced it. It was their, I had a producer and um, a director and everything. Whoa. Make, so- and makeup, everything. So all you had to do was talk. Yeah, yeah. All I had to do was <laughs> just marketing stuff, and they just filmed it all and edited it all, and it was it was, oh, that's it, quality, it was a good experience because quality. it taught me a lot. Yeah, and I made some incredible connections out there. So of course, of course. I was supposed to be out there in, I think it was March, but obviously coronavirus. Yeah, happened. So I done all of my courses. Don't, don't um, forget, don't forget your friend Sam. Next time you're going to LA, yeah. <laughs> call your twin brother. <laughs> You know what? It's funny, yeah, because um, 
it's funny because I've, I've always had a, a crazy work ethic. Um, so when I'm in LA, uh, it's, it's, it, I just work extremely hard. Like even the, yeah. the, the people there, uh, the, the, the staff there, they're like, wow, this guy worked so hard. Yeah. I mean, even like the, the, I literally just wrapped a course last week. Yeah. Um, and the guy that I was working with, he was like, none of our authors like are as organized as you. They, they, none of them finish their work on time. And I'm like, yeah, I have to. Yeah. I'm working with like one of the biggest brands in the world. I'm a black yeah. guy. Yeah. I'm already yeah. on, you're already expecting me to fail. Yeah. I'm going to be the, the hardest working person you've ever seen in your life. Boom. Um, so the very the first time I went to LA, it's like a, I think like a nine, 10 hour flight or something. Like that. And, and I had a layover. I didn't sleep the whole entire flight. And it was a, it was a night flight. So I worked the entire flight till I got to LA. Then it was an hour drive. I've never, I never drove in, in America before. Picked up my car, drove an hour to the hotel, slept for a few hours. Then I had one day to kind of get everything together. And I was working that whole entire day, boom, landed and I was recorded. And I finished the course in record time because I, I memorized everything. Wicked. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it seems glamorous, like going to LA and doing all of these, working with YouTube um, and, and different kind of stuff. But yeah, the, the work the work that I put into it, like, is, for me, it's sacred, you know. Well, 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 this is some of the stuff which is creating your forever online assets, isn't it? Because whatever you create in, in a way of a course can then be sold indefinitely. Yeah. Indefinitely. So, yeah. you know, how, how many courses have you got out now? Sam, how many have you got online at the moment? Um, for LinkedIn, I've just wrapped course seven. Um, and that's in the space of two years. So wow. that's, that's, I've just been churning them out. And how many have you got overall across? I know you're on Udemy and other platforms as well. Overall, uh, psh, it's a lot. <laughs> 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 Maybe like, I don't know, between 20 and 30 okay. yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so what I forgot to mention was I'd done some work with YouTube as well, which was quite cool last oh, year. Oh, wow. Um, so I'd, I'd done uh, something called YouTube Next Stop, mm-hmm. um, where... When my channel was selected, uh, you know, along with a, a, a few other channels, the theme was like YouTube Black. So it was like Black creators to uh, work with YouTube for a week, built a lot of really great connections there and stuff like that. So, yeah, just putting myself out there, I've been able to connect with a lot of a lot of brands, small, medium and large. So, yeah, it's been, it's been an incredible journey. Wicked. Wicked, wicked. Honestly, and, and I think from, from my point of view, and I think I said this to before, Sam, to see... Um, a young black online entrepreneur doing things, being a mover and shaker, just fills me with joy, man. Fills me with joy. So, you know, sort of respect is due. Um, I'm going to ask one last question, actually. Um, obviously, we've just had um, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, did you use your platform to speak about any of the Black Lives Matter issues or did you kind of keep it, keep your thoughts to yourself or were you out there? And- um... It was a tr- it was a tricky one for me, you know. It was really tricky because when coronavirus happened, it didn't really. I mean, it impacted me in the fact that I was supposed to fly and I yeah. couldn't fly. But essentially, my whole life is more or less online. Yeah. Mm. So the fact that I couldn't go out much and stuff like that, like I'm used to kind of just grinding and, and being in, in indoors a lot. When the Black Lives Matter thing happened, when 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 the killing of George Floyd happened, you couldn't escape it. No. So it was like, if I wanted to work, like, cool, I'm going to put up a video now. You go onto YouTube, there's videos about it. 
go on to Instagram, it's everywhere. Go on to LinkedIn, it's everywhere. So for me, it was extremely all-consuming. Mm. Um, and being a, being a black man, as, as you guys probably can relate to as well, there's a lot of things we just internalize. Yeah. You don't even necessarily, until that, that thing happened, you don't even necessarily, it's so inbuilt within you that you don't even necessarily think about it. Yeah. You have to keep going. There's, there's no other alternative. Um, and I've even, like, I'm going off topic slightly, but I've even had, like, girlfriends in the past or people I'm dating and stuff like that. And especially the ones who, who aren't black, um, they're like, oh, why do you have to work so much? And it's like, you don't get it. We don't get it, man. You don't understand. Like, just, just, well, I'm saying I'm, I'm black and I want to be self-employed and I want to be successful. Yeah. Like, if you combined all of those things, <laughs> I, can't, I can't be average. <laughs> impossible. Impossible. You know, it's if like I want everyone's eat. been given a dice and you've been given a dice that's only got ones on it. <laughs> you yeah. know, you can only roll a one. It's like, I, oh, I have no, I, there's, there's no other alternative for me. I, I put all of this in there or I start working on my CV. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah. there's no other alternative. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I've, I've always known that as a black man, I'm going to have to put in w- so much more effort and energy and you're going to get no's. And sometimes it's literally just because of how you look. And sometimes it's not even necessarily um, white people or other races that are racist. They're Sometimes it's people. our own our own people yeah. who look at me as a, especially like I'm getting right. a little bit older now, which is good. But I've been an entrepreneur since 17. So w- when I put my suit on and I go into certain places, they see me as this young black guy thinking I'm trying to sell sell weed or trying to come <laughs> in dodgy. And, you know, and it's like, it was such an uphill struggle yeah, yeah, just yeah, to yeah. prove that, wait a minute, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a, I'm a professional, I'm a business person. Um, but people often see you as what they perceive you as. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I did, I put out a video um, kind of, I didn't even, I didn't really know what to, that whole week when it happened, it was just crazy for me. And I, I tried to just continue putting content out, but I just couldn't. Yeah, um, yeah. And I put a video out and I was like, yeah. I just expressed how I felt basically done yeah. some music. Cause that's what I do. And then I took a week off. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I'm not putting content out. I'm just going to come back when I'm ready. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it, it struck a, it struck a huge chord with me to be honest. And I, even now I'm not really, I haven't really got the the rhythm back. Yeah. I had yeah. just before, you know, everything had happened. So I'm still yeah. trying to process everything. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's, it, def- it definitely was one that that got me. I didn't I didn't take part in the black square thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was just like, as soon as all of this thing dies down, <laughs> who's going to really remember? You know, who's going to really care? So, and that was my mindset. I, like, I want to see what happens when everything dies when down. Everything dies down. And, now, and that's the, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think it is about keeping. I suppose the knee on the throat is probably the wrong thing to say, but that that's my worry. That's my concern because. You know, again, I'm an old fart. I've seen a fair few um, um, things happen in that in my lifetime, and there's a lot of smoke gold gets blown up people's backsides. And I mean, even in Birmingham now, we've got the Commonwealth Games, and there was a big hoo ha because out of the 14 people on the committee, there's one black and the rest of them are white. Mm-hmm. So um, last week, somebody else has resigned, some white lady says that her black colleague can take her place. But again, it's that kind of tokenism or we'll get three or four places in there and then the rest of the black people will be all right. And I think it's a bigger story than just having 
you know, committees, we shouldn't write colour and that. It, it, it's, it's got to come down to a level where the ordinary black person feels it, not just, oh, look, we've got somebody in Parliament. Hey, big deal. Yeah. That, that to me is like, well, big deal, because not being funny, when they go in there, they're going to be thinking about themselves. And then anything else is then secondary. And, you know, whatever they decide to do going forward has to filter all the way down, man. Has to filter down to the ordinary black man. So, okay, just one last question before we wrap the show. So what are you saying? Do you think it's easier for a white person in the marketing industry as like than being a black person? No, it's going to be it's going to be controversial, but I I think a million percent yes. I think right. that there's there's definitely a reason why um ninety percent of the companies I've worked with have been um either in America or Canada. Yeah, and why I don't think I think yeah, there's one company, one company from the UK. UK, and they're not even UK. They're, um, I think they're based. They're they're UK-ish, but they're not. They're not based in the UK. But I've I've not. I haven't worked with one UK company. I've been doing this for for five years now, five oh, six right. years. Yeah. But in America, like what Nigel was saying, it's kind of like being that token black person. But at the same time, I speak with an English accent. Yeah, yeah. So you're not considered. You're like. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's what it's white enough. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Really <laughs> yeah, man, we'll get on that, man. Well, Sam, thank you very much, man. Absolutely. Got anything to promote, uh, Sam, before we wrap up? Anything to say? Download the formula. That's that's my one promotion. Formula? <laughs> Download the formula. Where, 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 we, where? Where, do we, where do we find it, man? Where do we find it? Uh, on my website, daytips.com, D-E-Y-T-I-P-S.com. It's the formula to generating leads and sales online. It will get you to where you need to, where you need to get. Excellent. I'm signing up, man. I'm signing up. Excellent. Uh, excellent. Nigel, got anything to say, man? Boy, um, because of Sam, I'm busy creating courses at the moment. Because when oh. we last spoke, he was he gave me some tips, <laughs> and so I'm on it. I've started. I've cut my videos down from half an hour to three minutes <laughs> each. Oh. Um, so yeah, so this one for me, it's all about just keeping the message out there, keeping consistent. But watch this space because September, something sex is happening, man. <laughs> I like it. Sai, Sai, got anything to? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully by uh, end of the week, we're gonna have uh, the latest Indian music uh, uh, podcast that's came out, and we're featuring a great band from Scotland, uh, an indie band called Amour. They were brilliant. Altalia was with me, so that should be out on Friday, Saturday, ish. So weekendish. Fingers crossed. So weekendish, weekend. <laughs> <laughs> We do music, IGLU music, uh, yeah, on Facebook. All right, man, you know the score, man. Keep listening to Black Up Lips podcast media, Bola, lavish, beautiful podcast that we bring out weekly. I'm your host with Simon, Nigel, and Sunday. See you guys next week, man. We dance out to the tune as usual. Respect, guys. All right, man. Peace.